Revelation On Demand podcast, a podcast interested in what the Bible has to say about our lives today. Join us as we see what revelations we find today. I'm your host, Justin D. Myers, and I'm joined today, as usual, by Mr. Chris Hess. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fairly well. Uh, yeah, what, what else can I say? It's been a beautiful morning. It's been a beautiful couple weeks. Uh, I've been really excited to record, as usual. Mm-hmm. And rumor has it, I hear that someone's got someone on the way yeah yeah so if you've been listening to the podcast you know that we're i'm expect well i'm not expecting my wife's expecting a a baby here in the next few days so at any day uh she's due the fourth but she's already started to have some labor contractions here and there so could be any day now and we'll have another another myers baby so hopefully that won't our schedule won't be interrupted. So, well, need be. <laughs> we'll figure something out. Yeah. Well, we're already recording, so that's that's the the big part of the battle. Uh, editing's pretty easy. I try and leave it as as is as possible, so that we're not super. You know, I don't want people to think we're cutting a whole bunch of stuff out. You're getting mostly when I record this and then edit it i'm taking out anything where there might be a communication issue uh, but otherwise you're getting pretty much everything as is i might i might edit out my track whenever i can hear myself breathing when chris is you know reading scripture or talking but that's that's the only editing i do and it's pretty quick oh really yeah and then of course i have a, a mastering program called uh alphonic online you can look it up if you're a podcaster i've heard of it does a lot of the, you mentioned it it does yeah it does a lot of the the mastering progress so it sets the loudness level so that you're the same loudness as standard podcasts it evens out the track so if one track sounds louder than the other like me and chris especially today since i had to switch mics since my studio mic decided to craft the bed on us uh you know, it'll even out our track levels. I do some of that myself, but it does make everything sound more uniform. It gets rid of some pop and crackling noises and does a lot of that, that finishing for me automatically. So yes, sir, pretty yes, lightweight on that end. Yep. So we got our first special episode out of the way. Did you have a chance to listen to that one yet? Uh, Okay, so that's where you were interviewing your now new affiliate who uh are you too affiliated the the man who created the the board game uh not so uh he didn't push the episode of our podcast if you've seen uh advertisement for this that special episode it was all on my end he didn't i don't think he even shared the link for it i i think he realized that we're not a huge podcast so that you know but I was excited for the game. I got, I was enjoyed the chance to sit down and talk with him. And I know there's about 20 people who listen regularly. So if you caught that or you want to go listen to that, I'd suggest doing that. Um, and will you, there's as of right now, or when this episode airs, there'll be about a week left on that Kickstarter. If you want to back. And so, Oh, okay. Okay. That's right. He did have the Kickstarter program. Yeah, and I had all those links in the special episode. And I tried to do a thing where I numbered it 
differently. So we'll see how Podbean acts when I put this one up. So this should be episode 28. This shouldn't be episode 29, even though there's going to be 29 episodes on the podcast all of a sudden. I'm going to try an episode or, you know, label those other interviews as special episodes so that if you're not interested in whatever the the interview is, because it is not just a standard teaching, uh, then you can skip it or maybe you can go searching for those special episodes, hopefully later, you know, so. Well, right on, right on. <clears throat> All right, so you've had a special episode. Yeah. Uh, what what exactly would you want to do, like pertaining to those from here on out? Well, here's what I'm hoping for. So, if you know anyone who you want to hear on this, hopefully it'd be someone who's involved with something, podcaster, someone who's writing a book, someone who's doing something. Hopefully, Christian. I. I, I entertain the idea of interviewing non-Christians, but since we are more of a Christian-based podcast, I would definitely steer towards Christian people doing things, you know, for God or with God, as my pastor always likes to remind us. But so this would be a chance for them to talk to us about what they're doing, you know, kind of plug their stuff. We'll make the first half of the episode about them, their story, what they're doing, where we can find what they're doing. And then the second half of the interview, I'd focus on asking them what their views on eschatology are, what their views on the end time and prophecy and spiritual beings and all the stuff that we normally cover when we, we, we are running this podcast as a teaching platform. So that, that would definitely be half for them and then half for us. So trying to get, get them trying to get a unique flavor on the interviews because I don't just want to be another person with a list of the same 20 questions as anyone else, you know? So we will do the, you know, the standard interview up front and then it'll be more like, well, can you tell us what your opinions are? And and I would encourage people, like, even if like Lowen said it during the special episode, he's like, this is my opinion. So I'm completely talking out of my butt here, you know, like that's fine. We, we encourage that because I like to look at, you know, revelation and, and these end time and the apocalyptic literature. I like to look at it and see how all these different sects, that's why we took so much time during the millennial episode. I like to see how all the different sides view this passage of end times. Now I have my own, you know, beliefs on what is the right interpretation, but I do try to, add as many viewpoints as possible when I'm studying and I try and present them to you. I may not always label them because I'm not a big label guy, but I, that's my goal for those special episodes. All up to interpretation. Awesome. Shall we go over what was, uh, what was all going on last episode that excluding the special episode? <laughs> Yeah, right. Right. And and that's that's how that's gonna work. The special episodes aren't gonna count for the normal canon of this podcast. So if you listen to a special episode and then you listen to another episode, when we were talking about the last episode, we were talking about the episode before the special episode. So and I think I think I might do that with our Easter and Christmas specials. I might take them out of standard teaching, especially if they end up landing on the off weeks. Correct. And I think I couldn't count on both hands 
or more than both hands of how many times that we just reiterated the word episode to the point <laughs> whereas I want to uh, continue with this subject and move on from using said term. All right. So we went over a handful of things that uh, this is all during the all that discourses, just as a friendly refresher for everyone where Jesus was surrounded by his disciples on the Mount of Olives and he gave out specific parables, specifics about what exactly was going to be happening to the world, what was happening now. It's a discourse, right? So, pertaining to the very last episode, he's gone over quite a few things so far, and not just parables, but also stories that would pertain to you know, certain symbology and placing people and putting them into situations. Right. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, before we get too much in the parables, he talked about the destruction of the temple and that would be the temple of Judaism. Yeah. That would have Uh, been the, the great temple that they were walking out of during the scenes that we see them talking about the temple. And, uh, there's no temple there today. It's just, well, there is a temple, but it's not a Jewish temple. It's a, a Muslim temple. And it's on just a corner of the foundations of the Temple Mount. But, um, right. Which we've yeah. gone over is known as the Dome of the Rock. Yeah. Uh, all are in Israel. You can check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is. So and he was, he, when he's talking about that destruction of the temple, he's, he's, you know, partially talking about, his body, he's partially talking about, or his body and the actual physical destruction of the temple. So this is that that when the earthquake happened and Rome invaded in seventy A.D. and destroyed the temple. But he was also, oh. you know, kind of talking about, I'm going to, you know, rebuild this temple, sort of thing. Exactly, it establishes to be something greater than a yeah. monument in a way. Um, now, secondly, uh, shortly after he forewarned of this destruction that did imminently end up happening, he warned his followers to be on guard for false prophets, the Antichrist, and the abomination that causes desolation. That might be a mouthful, but essentially he's giving hints toward what we reviewed previously, even though it's later on in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, what happens mm-hmm. uh, this is actually an accurate way of saying it during the apocalypse or the foreseeing of the apocalypse. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and definitely to the average man today, uh, we'll probably see a lot more false prophets than anything else. Uh, the antichrist and the abomination that causes desolation are both things that'll happen at the end times. Oh, correct. Uh, Obviously desolation being, yeah, yeah, that's why we so closely associate the word apocalypse, even in uh, even in, in in many situations that would involve mass destruction or yeah. uh, anything that would pretty much wipe by anywhere off the map, right? Yeah, yeah. That being said, um, why don't we talk about the parable of the fig tree? Right. So Jesus told the parable of the fig tree, and we're going to go over it again today because. Luke and oh, what was the last one? Um, Luke and Mark both captured much of the same uh, 
scene here at the same time. Uh, Luke does add a little bit of a different story, and he also takes different uh, amount of details here and different details. So we'll try and focus on what's different between the two. But this parable of fig tree is talking about where when the fig tree starts budding, you know that summer is near. So he says that many of the things we will see the fig tree start to bud when the the kingdom of heaven is near. So I think this this passage today is going to be biblical telephone where we're not sure if it's the same story or not. I think I, I think it's just two different perspectives on the same story. Okay. To be honest. Good to know. And lastly, what we covered last episode, just as the final part of our review of that, uh-huh. is uh, a very famous passage in the last chapter. You could totally yeah. look it up on our last episode. Oh, uh-huh. there I said it. And that was about the time and the hour being unknown when the Lord will come like a thief in the night uh-huh. and you know, he'll arrive again. Yeah. Yeah. And I titled the last podcast that day and hour unknown because I felt like that was kind of summation of, of everything that was going on. So as we joke regularly, we don't know what, what, when the end time is coming. Uh, my joke prophecy is 2060. So. There's no way to predict it. Yes, exactly. We've gone over that in previous, back in the past, <laughs> when we were first starting this show, that we we commonly refer to a lot of people to be like conspiracists if they would actually try, or like mathematicians that would try to find these specific dates that the rapture could happen. And so uh, Justin would just roll off his tongue, oh, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be by this specific date. So we only have so many years before then, etc. Yeah, but I do that in jest. I don't, I don't mean it, you know. I don't honestly think that's the end of the world, but. <laughs> All right. So why don't we start with the scripture? Yes. And this is Luke 21. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put into in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. All right. So Luke starts out you know, very differently than some of the other passages we've seen on this. He's, he's still in the temple. He's, he's with Jesus in the temple and they're standing there watching people come into worship and all these rich people are coming by and, and, you know, putting bags of gold in this offering box. And this poor old woman who has nothing but these two bronze, silver, or not silver, copper, ugh, copper, bronze. There I think go. they're bronze. Uh, as this, Stuff I've looked up on. There's a common coin that they found from Rome called a lepta. It was this tiny coin that, like, the size of your pinky, the end of your pinky finger. This is a tiny thing. And it was enough. One of these coins was enough to buy you a bath in a public bathhouse. So, uh, not quite, you know, equivalent to what a penny is today, but 
as far as not being much, this isn't much. And I know that these public bathhouses back in Rome were quite, quite cost efficient, especially like the public ones. Now you get into bigger cities, you could have these very grand bathhouses and where only like the richest of the rich could get in. Uh, but just for a common public bathhouse, one of these coins would buy you a bath in there. Uh, so not quite like the pennies we have today, but I know that's quite a common uh, thread to draw there, that it's a lot like the, the penny. But what we're seeing here is that she trusts in the Lord so much, she's putting in everything she has. And being a poor widow... She only has these two little coins, which, you know, to the rich people who are throwing in bags and bags of gold coins to make themselves look good, she's just doing it because of her, her, you know, want to follow the Lord, want to give to the God that is worthy. You know, she's, she's saying, I have nothing and I'm giving it all to you, you know? Exactly. Which, yeah. I mean, at a first approach, you would definitely see that as being almost I mean, if you approached it and had disregarded your beliefs or were trying to take it from a survival standpoint, does that seem yeah. like that would be a logical response that you'd need to take? No. But then again, you know, we that's truly just from the forefront we show that this woman is dedicated to the point where she's willing to share everything that she has for the Lord's sake. That's stronger than the money to her. That's just how yeah. I see it. We'll we'll yeah. find out here soon though. Yeah. And I think Luke, you know, started out this whole scene with that as we know they were in the temple at this period. So Jesus was staying near the mountain olives as we'll go over here near uh later on in the episode but he was steer staying in the mount of olives and going into jerusalem every day to teach and and talk and show people you know just to spread the gospel pretty much so oh, okay. i think this luke a... this is this is just and, and like i said they're they're just leaving the temple they're just they're just coming out they're gonna we're gonna see a scene change here and they're gonna talk about the temple again and this is, I think Luke was focused, put this in his account because he's seen how important it was to give everything to God first. You know, instead of, instead of making charity, you're, you're like what's left over. It's putting it first and saying, we get, we're going to give this and then we're going to live off the rest sort of thing. Or at any cost and how the Lord yeah. recognized that. Yeah. Yeah, and like Jesus points out, it's like, truly, I tell you, she's given more than anyone else here. Wow. Just that initial recognition, some, and, and that in and of itself can be logical to see and, you know, to place judgments aside on people and just to look at someone and be like, yeah, that's that's the approach this woman is taking. Yeah. Would you like to carry us on? Yes, and not to be too specific with her story individually, we're going to talk more about the temple. Yeah. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God. 
But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, When will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, Watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events, and great signs from heaven. So, yeah, like I was mentioning, we're starting out with the same scene as the other Gospels that we've re- we've read on this Olivet uh, journey. And uh, we see them starting out with Jesus talking about this grand temple. I mean, this, this beautiful palace to God is what it was described as. And Jesus is like, yeah, as cool as that is, I tell you, it's not going to last, you know. And yes, then he, he gives warnings about, you know, false prophets and stuff like this, which we we need to hear today is that we need to watch out for people who are claiming to be of God and are trying to mislead people. So we we need to be very careful of this, uh, not claim, not calling anyone out, not trying to say, you know, point fingers. But we got like the the oh those guys the oh. The guys who say you give money, you get money. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting the name. So uh, aristocrats and bureaucrats. No, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the, the guys who say if you give, God will give back to you. Um, Immediately. I can't believe I drew. I dropped the name on. It starts with a P. Anyways, you know, we're, we got these leaders that are, are just trying to tell us something that will advantage them. You know, they're not they're not trying to lead you to Christ, they're not trying to have a discipleship with you, they're not trying to fellowship with you, they're trying to get money out of you. And they're gonna tell you that if you give me X amount of money, God will will give you back tenfold, sort of thing. So Oh yeah, definitely. Those guys. Yeah, I just I don't know why it's the name slipped my mind. I it's can't, sort of like I can't think of it. So televangelists, are, I will go yeah. as far as saying televangelists will do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I'm sure someone's screaming at the podcast like this is what they're called. Um, I just don't know why it slipped <laughs> my mind. I well, uh, either way, either way, you know who we're talking about. <laughs> best not to trouble yourself. Yes, we. Uh, oh, you shouldn't have to sell in the name of Christ unless it's to benefit Christ. And yeah, those around. The only thing, yeah, yeah. The only thing we should be selling is eternal life, not, not, um, not more money. So, no, no, not capitalizing and, on the fact that you can say that you can grant them salvation, and how easily have we become deceived? Anyway, yeah, it's a lot like what Martin Luther got after the Catholic Church back when he wrote his ninety-five thesis. They were selling. Uh, salvation, like quite literally, like saying, "Oh, you committed this sin. Give us this amount of money, and we will write you this letter that says your f- sin is forgiven." 
It's not how it works. Right. And <laughs> only, only Christ can forgive our sins. Right. And he's also referring to Martin Luther, who has no way, shape, or form has to do with Martin Luther King. No. Just for if it, go, go look up 95 Theses if you want to find out about Martin Luther. He's he's a lot of the reason why we have the Reformed Church today, but he's also a lot of the reason why we actually have uh, something against something to hold an uh, argument to hold up against the Catholics. Not to say I don't like Catholics, just they are Protestant. Things. Reformation might be a stretch yes. of the imagination. Yeah. Uh, well, according to I them. guess he was the first Protestant. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Unquote. So yes, he. <laughs> He started a Protestant denomination known as Lutherism, yes. Or Lutherism. Can I say that right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's, why it's... don't we continue with the reading? <laughs> right. Did, did we get all our points there? I... Yes. Yeah. And, and then well, just the, oh, it was the wars and rumors of wars and chaos. It's just this, uh, the birth pangs again. So, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a verse twelve. That's a forthcoming of something. Don't get us wrong, but that chaos itself is not the only eminential sign of the end. Yes, consistency thereof. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. Sign of the end, exactly. (laughs) All righty, I'm going to get. I'm going to start reading verse twelve for our next section. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me, but make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, and sisters, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the great cities get out. And let those in the country not enter the city, for this is the time of punishment in fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and wrath against this its people. They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So right off the bat there, we see Christ speaking of the suffering that the apostles will go through. And as we know with history, uh, all but one of them ended up being executed in the name of Christ. Only John got away with, you know, living to a ripe old age and dying on this little island called Patmos before he wrote the book of Revelation, which we've been through already. So 
through this suffering, they're to witness to everyone, even the people who are who are punishing them or uh, persecuting them. And which brings up an interesting thought that we, when we are in fully in Christ, even if we are, you know, in prison, being beaten, being, you know, just things that as a first world people, we have hard time understanding. But you should do some of these studies where they talk about Christians who are persecuted more during the common era, even if it's just during, you know, the last hundred years it can give you more of a perspective on how good we have it here and how little our persecution is. Uh, but Jesus is talking about these apostles are going to suffer for him. And some of these apostles were suffered in terrible ways. I believe it was uh, Peter who was you know, hung upside down on a cross and stoned for the name of Christ. So it's pretty brutal the way some of these apostles were treated. So just the suffering we go through, we should we should not be surprised by. We're going to suffer, even if it's you know sickness and tragedy instead of you know necessarily being beaten for Christ. There is this is a fallen world. There's death here. There's suffering. It's going to come. You know. Then we see. Where well, it says, I, I want to backtrack a little oh. bit with what you're saying there, because I mean, don't get us wrong. There's still plenty of persecution that happens even in the modern world toward Christians. Yeah. It's yeah. so untalked about on certain media platforms. It's ridiculous, but you know, persecution yeah. of Christians, even socially, etc., is just through the roof nowadays. I mean, yeah. you look globally, there's a lot of places, we won't name any countries, uh, that will execute you for your beliefs to the yeah. state. Um, and that's interesting that you brought all that up, because I was going to say, well, proportionately, I guess with the times and everything, we live in a world where you could be much better taken care of, have you go through any form of suffering. Uh-huh. And... You know, there's definitely certain places in the world when you say we, that people live a much better quality of life. However, they're still enduring through all of that, right? Yeah. Right. Right. I just wanted to get that point across. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. And then we see him talking about, do not worry about what to say. So I guess this is, this is a good place where evangelicals like to stand. They like to come to all these places where it says the Holy Spirit will give you words. The Holy Spirit will, you know, give you the words to say sort of thing. So I'm not necessarily an over prepper when it comes to this. I do rely a lot on the Holy Spirit to kind of prompt me in the direction that I want to go. But I also do study, you know, pretty diligently. So this is, this is a place where if you're worried about standing up and, and speaking, this is a good place to go. This is a good place to say, hey, God, if this is what you want me to do, then I am going to trust you will give me the words. Now, this is not saying, like, don't prep whatsoever. Like, you should do some of the prep work. You should, you know, maybe give yourself a few talking points to go over if you're trying to give a testimony or run a podcast or teach a sermon or whatever. No, you definitely should. 
yeah, you definitely should should have some points. And you know, these guys were expected to be in the the scriptures like daily. So even just doing that, uh, you'll pick stuff up subliminally. You you wouldn't even notice that you know. And so you know, get your talking points out there, but also leave room for the Holy Spirit to work when you're talking. So in this, as you get for his followers as well. Yeah, and as he was talking in this context, these guys were going to be, you know, whipped, stoned, beaten, hung on crosses and stuff like that in the name of Christ. And he said, don't worry about it. You've been following me so long. You're going to know what to say when the time comes. So, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, read the Bible or scripture in their case. In our case, we have the Bible now. Read the Bible, study a little bit. And then if you are standing up to talk, you know, it's a chance for us to say, you know, put some notes up there, but don't like script yourself. If you script yourself, you leave no room for the Holy Spirit to He is their teacher and he's trying to tell them, hey, you got to be situationally aware here. Yeah. Yeah. And of course they're, they're in a very verbal culture. So, uh, you know, probably not necessarily like taking notes to speak. So they're very charismatic i would say but well versed uh, just yeah yeah and and there's two schools of thoughts today and i think both of them kind of miss the point completely just kind of like everything we talk about there's balance prep a little bit and then leave room for the holy spirit to work sort of thing you know absolutely yeah and then jesus speaks later on about eternal life which we love talking about we love talking about what heaven's going to be like we love talking about you know the fact that as christians in christ we're works this is nothing you know uh but life after death will be forever in in the presence of the lord which will be grand so and of course uh, as we as we were saying earlier last point about that section is we were Pretty positive that the this was uh, when he talked about the actual destruction of the temple itself uh, yeah. prior to him letting his disciples know, hey, you know, this might be happening to you at some point, is that yeah. um, the destruction of the temple was uh, foreseeing uh, a prediction, however you want to say, uh, you know, However, the Lord works in this situation, whether it's an yeah. epiphany or how He just completely sees it through and through, uh, of the of the later on destruction in seventy A.D. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that, temple. yeah, and I think that was a partial fulfillment of what He's talking about here, where you know He was talking earlier about the destruction of the temple and His crucifixion, and now we see He's talking about this this destruction and this this kind of turbulent time or turbulent time and he's saying that this is going to happen this is going to be partially fulfilled in 70 AD when the temple's destroyed but he's also talking about the grander the grander the bigger thing where he's talking about the final end times as we said earlier talking about the abomination and all that good stuff and all that good stuff That's amen really good but you know for us, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, well, putting that into perspective, I'm going to have to agree with you on that. All right. Would you like to continue us with at verse 25? Yes. 
I would absolutely like to do that. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming to the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happen, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Yeah. So there we see that parable again of the fig tree. And this time, Luke records it as like the fig tree and all the leaves. So he's talking about more about just what it looks like during the springtime. But we see before that that the non-believers are responding in anguish and well the followers are rejoicing over this because as we know the end times is something that we should be excited about something that yeah it's going to be the passing of this world but the next will be so much grander that it won't matter that this world has passed away so whereas the people who don't believe in christ are you know clinging on to this life because that's all they have so Yes, sir. And this is the second time that we've heard the parable of the fig tree. Yeah. Yeah, and so this is a parable that we hear over and over again. Again, as we said before, it's talking about this this time right before summer, this time where trees start to bud and they, they're, they're starting to come out and leaves and all this stuff where... We know that summer is about to come. We know that it's about to happen. So he's saying, spiritually speaking, when we see these buds, we know that the kingdom of heaven is near. So, anything else to add on that? Got a question? When they, well, actually, more of a comment um, about yeah. the very last statement. We said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Um, yeah. That being said, Heaven is to become something greater in Revelation, as we've covered previously. And Earth does expire, however, is reborn, and then is conjoined with Heaven. Then is separated into Earth being a perfect world. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And as we've talked before, where we see... That the new heaven and earth, the new creation, is going to be all together. The spiritual and the physical realms will be joined together. It'll be like God originally created it back during the time of Adam and Eve in the garden. Yes. So when he says heaven and earth will pass away, he means that for real, heaven and earth is going to pass away. But that being said, it's... It's don't take that statement as oh my gosh so eventually heaven's gonna run out of no I mean I guess certain denominations would take that a little too personal uh, I'm not gonna name 
any specifically. Uh, just for instance, ones that say that there's a space limit on how far heaven can extend or how many attendants can be there. Mm. Yeah, which is yeah, a real thing. And, no, I know, and there's so there's different views on this, and I think. The way I see it, when it's talking about the heaven will pass away, it's talking about heaven as it is now, where it's it's all spiritual, uh, it's all in the spiritual realm. There's not, uh, I don't know if there's physical bodies in heaven. I, I don't see the biblical basis for that. I, I think all the, the recreation and everything is when the physical and the spiritual combined. So I think what it's talking about is that the spiritual realm known as heaven will not be as it is right now. Just as the physical realm as we know it won't be as it is right now. It's all gonna be it's all gonna pass away. It's all gonna become something new, you know? So I think I think that's what it's talking about there. Yep. Well shall we continue with this yeah the last last section Go ahead. I'm teasing. (laughs) Shall we continue with this last section of scripture? Uh-huh. Alrighty. Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch, and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Each day Jesus was teaching at the temple, and each evening he went out to spend the night on the hill called the Mount of Olives, and all the people came early in the morning to hear him at the temple. So that's where I said earlier we see Jesus staying at the Mount of Olives and then coming into the temple every day to teach, and people are following him, and it's mostly just the apostles that follow him back and forth but there's all sorts of people who are interested in what he has to say you know he's causing a big stir he's he's causing quite the scene so there's always this crowd of people who are around him whenever he's there to teach but he does retreat every night to get away from the big crowds Uh, and he says right there uh, not to be weighed down with crowds and drunkenness and anxieties in life and saying don't don't let your day-to-day get in the way of the relationship with me. You know, he's saying, put God first. Don't, don't be super anxious. Don't get weighed down worrying about what's going on right now or what's happening. So I know that we just came out of the year 2020, which was, you know, quite anxiety provoking for a lot of us. And a lot of us had to deal with, you know, separation, loneliness, just disruption to our regular lives. And Jesus is saying right here, don't be weighed down by that. You know, he's be, be focused on the Lord. And I found that this, this whole year that everyone says so terrible, I haven't found it all that terrible, but I've also been focusing on, you know, growing with the Lord and trying to walk with the Lord and carry out what he wants me to do. So it's just one of those things where you put your focus is where, where you're going to put the most of your emotional energy to. So. Yes, sir. Well, 
shall I do the takeaway or you got anything else to add, buddy? I'm I'm signing off. All right. We will all win in the end through Christ. The end shouldn't give us anxiety or dread. What we suffer in this life is nothing in comparison to being in the glory in the presence of the Lord. And that's the big thing that, you know, I've been doing this podcast for. Like when I first started, we were all about the end of the time, end of the world. We've been told this so many times that we just need not worry. Uh, when the end comes, it'll come, or when our end, you know, personally comes, it'll come, and then, as believers in Christ, we will be in the presence of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. <clears throat> to Revelation On Demand Podcast, please like, share, and subscribe wherever you catch podcasts from. Please, if you like what we're doing, share this with a friend, family member, or someone from your church. It's a completely private venture, and we receive no funding from any sources. Any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to contact me at revelationondemand at gmail.com. God bless, and see you next time.